0: Coming up on Blue Rush, the Giants went heavy on picking linebackers and defense in the draft. Did Dave Gettleman have a good draft or did he miss out on certain positions? We asked that question of Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz. Steve Serby and I also evaluate what the rest of the NFC East did and overall NFL draft storylines. All that and more next on the season finale of Blue Rush from the New York Post. Welcome back, everyone, to Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Jake Brown, alongside the star of the show, longtime New York Post football columnist, Steve Serby. You can follow me on Twitter, at JakeBrownRadio, and you can follow Serby, at NYPost underscore Serby. Subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Rate us five stars and write a nice review, if you will, if you're using Apple. Paul Schwartz will drop by once again in the second half of the show. It's the season finale of the podcast, so let's go over this New York Giants draft all right Steve Serby the draft it came and went the Giants got themselves a couple of hog mollies they've rebuilt that offensive line once and for all and Dave Gettleman sounding like the next Marvel superhero when he said that first off overall valuations. what do you think of his draft uh, before we get into each pick w- what do you think of his overall draft as a whole
1: I thought it was uh pr- I'd probably give it an a minus he vowed to fix the offensive line when he got here a couple of years ago he hasn't now it looks like he has. Andrew Thomas will be the left tackle of the future for the next decade, hopefully. The third round pick from UConn, the Eli Eli Manning fan. Another guy with those long arms, prototypical tackle prospect. Everybody seems to like him. He'll be the right tackle. So they've got their bookend tackles, hopefully for the next decade. And they took a fifth round guard who will be a backup this season unless he somehow transitions to center where they will cross train him. But he's never played center before, this kid Lemieux. But, uh, look, that was their goal. Their goal was to fix the offensive line, the tone setter of an offense. And this makes Saquon Barkley better. And this makes Daniel Jones better. They've improved four positions on offense and they have picked up a first round talent at safety in uh, McKinney, Xavier McKinney, the X-Man to pair with Jabril Peppers. And the rest of the draft was speed and special teamers. They're going to have a really good special teams with Joe judge as the head coach. Uh, the fourth round pick could be their slot corner. This kid Holmes, very smart kid, chess player. They didn't grab an edge rusher. The only way they, they could have or should have was to take yatura Gross or Gross Matos from Penn State. But it's hard to pass up on a... A blue chip safety like like McKinney, so they took McKinney, and they're hoping that uh, Lorenzo Carter and uh, the X man Jimenez, uh, O'Shane, and Fackrell, the free agent Kyler Fakrell, they're hoping those three guys can give them. Enough of a pass rush, and Patrick Graham, they trust him to scheme up the pass rush. Uh, That remains to be seen. Look, you can't get everything in a draft, but you get in trouble when you reach for players, and Gettleman stayed true to his board.
0: I think A-minus is a little generous. I'm in the more B to B-minus range. I do like what he did to the offensive line, and if you missed it, yes. Andrew Thomas first, second round Xavier McKinney, third round Matt Parrott, fourth round Darnay Holmes, UCLA, fifth round Shane Lemieux, a guard out of Oregon, sixth round Cam Brown penn state seventh round another linebacker and carter Coughlin out of Minnesota, another seventh round tj brunson south carolina another linebacker chris williamson cornerback in the seventh round minnesota and tay crowder was the last pick in the draft out of georgia who was actually a great pick for that lead in the draft he was one of the runner-ups as one of the best linebackers in the country so that was a great pick at 255 and then uh, you know my problem is this i get it you want your special teamers you had to address the defense i was a little concerned that they. got no playmakers whatsoever they didn't need to get a running back so I get it they didn't get one receiver in the draft we'll talk about undrafted free agents in a second they didn't get one tight end and Evan Ingram's only got a year left on his deal we don't know if he's the future tight end and you could use a backup for him and you know I thought they went very heavy on line they could form a whole team of linebackers with who they have uh so that was my only complaint is that he didn't address playmaking needs considering this Steve Serby is Shepard is a concussion I mean almost waiting to happen I mean, the amount of concussions this guy has had is alarming, and you start worrying about the, his future NFL career at that point, and then, you know, Golden Tate's 31 years old in his 11th season, so your top two guys are older. Darius Slayton, yes, is your number three and had a great rookie year, but I do think they could have addressed in a heavy wide receiver draft, they could have got some higher end receivers than the ones they did uh, undrafted.
1: Jake, uh, Jake, it was more important to grab a blue chip safety, which was a need, and to Fix that offensive line. When you have a prospect like Pert staring you in the face, you don't have to worry about getting a receiver. Now, here's something that a lot of people, even you, are missing. Saquon Barkley is going to catch at least 60 or 70 passes next season. And they also signed Toilolo in free agency as 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 a tight end, and they like Caden Smith as a tight end. So again, the priority was to fix the offensive line. And at the end of the third round, a prospect like that you don't overlook. You don't draft a wide receiver late in the 3rd round over uh, that kind of offensive tackle prospect. People forget Saquon's going to be a weapon in the passing game, a big weapon. Uh yes, Shepard's two concussions so so close together last year was a problem, but they've got enough they've got enough weapons. They need to protect Daniel Jones and open holes for Barkley. That was their main need.
0: And I have no issues with those picks. My issue was four out of their last 5 picks were linebackers and it's like, all right, how many linebackers do you need after you just got Blake Martin is in Kyler Facker? I mean I didn't think they needed to go four out of five linebackers I thought in the fifth or sixth round they could have got a wide receiver I understand your logic and also don't forget Dion Lewis is a pass catcher out of the backfield who they added as well so that does make sense now we'll talk with Paul Schwartz more about some of these undrafted guys but I know a lot of people don't really pay attention after the draft's over but they did go out and sign Benjamin Victor at Ohio State a receiver they went out and got Austin Mack out of Ohio State another receiver and Derek Dillon another receiver at LSU so they got three receivers from two monster schools so in some ways Dave Gettleman did get a couple of bargains in the undrafted market
1: how many teams made five positions better with their first three draft picks. Not not too many. The only gamble they're taking as of now, they overlooked center. They did not draft Matt Hennessy. That was the pick that they traded to the Jets for Leonard Williams. So some people are a little bit upset about that, but Spencer Pulley as of now is the center. They do like Jalapio, Halap- but he's recovering from an Achilles. Like I said, you can't rely on Lemieux to take over as the starting center uh, as a rookie guard. They think Pulley can do the job if need be. You cannot ha- You cannot fill every hole in the draft. Look at the Patriots. Bill Belichick no longer has Tom Brady. I don't know if you've heard that, but he didn't draft a quarterback. The Green Bay Packers, they drafted a developmental quarterback, which I think was a mistake in Jordan Love, but they didn't draft a single receiver to help Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. Those are more legit criticisms than what the Giants did. The Giants filled their major, major glaring need that hasn't been filled in three years or more, actually seven years since Eric Flowers was drafted, that was it. I mean, that that's what they did to help Daniel Jones and Saquon Barkley, their two most important investments. So you're too negative, Jake. You're, you're, you're too negative.
0: <laughs> Listen, I, I think Dave got him. Listen, I'll give him a round of applause. Dave got him a nice job. Solid draft. I just think. Stop. Stop right there. But not just center. Also, defensive line, we were talking. They didn't get a true guy in the defensive line to be a pass rusher. And I don't think they have a ton of depth there. You got Tomlinson. uh, You got Williams. They just don't have a lot on the defensive line. I think they could do a lot more work. Right now, the starting defensive line is Dexter Lawrence, Dalvin Tomlinson, Leonard Williams. Uh, Their backups are B.J. Hill, R.J. McIntosh, Austin Johnson, Chris Clayton. So I do think they could have addressed the D.N. and get a couple of D. linemen uh, with a couple of those picks. I know. You can't get every – again, my only quip is too many linebackers I think he just went a little crazy on the linebackers but I think Joe Judge as you said and his special teams mindset that he has that's probably his thinking as well he wants guys that in their first one or two years could be special teams guys and then become starting linebackers at some point this is the season finale of the Blue Rush podcast Jake Brown here you can follow me at Jake Brown Radio on Twitter Steve Serby on the other end you can follow him at NY Post underscore Serby Paul Schwartz is going to join us a little bit later man we have had a fun year of the show. A lot of great guests over the years. So many guests from Jerome Bettis, Linda Cohn, Brandon Jacobs, Ernie Corsi, Dick Vermeil, Pepper Johnson, Charles Davis, Leonard Marshall, Steve Diossi, Howard Cross, Matthias Kiwanuka, Chris Canty, Jonathan Cassius, Lawrence Tynes, Vic D'Bitetto, Phil McConkey, Sean Landetta, Jim Fossil, who's great, Mark Bavaro, Otis Anderson, Harry Carson, and of course the great Carl Banks. And not to mention Paul Schwartz and Steve Serby as well as well as Ryan Dunleavy shout out to Ryan Dunleavy a lot of good shows you know we lost Jimmy Fallon along the way as he went to Fox but Serby it has been a fun year covering a team that had a lot of struggles over the year but otherwise we've had some fun
1: yeah no I you did a great job Jake I I I have to commend you it was fun working with you you're you're a pro's pro and I'm I'm just sorry that uh, this is the last dance for us yeah
0: <laughs> the last dance which is really the only thing on sundays is like a countdown at 9 p.m it's like all right are we almost there are we almost... There? and the links are online to stream but i i can't do it i just have to wait till nine i feel like because there's not anything else to do i want to like be live with it live tweet it i don't want to be one of the people that's seen the whole thing before episode four is already over and i know a lot of people are you a kind of guy that if you see a stream out you'll watch it or are you with the rest of us waiting to watch it live
1: i'll watch i'll wait to watch it live i just it's funny though you I remember I covered, I did a QA once with Dennis Rodman, and and you kind of remind me of Rodman. You're (laughs) like the Rodman of, of podcasts. (laughs) <laughs> podcast like, hosts
0: can you can you i would say dive further but i don't know if i want to know why
1: well it's not you're not wearing a wedding dress right now are you I'm, any chance? i'm no, shirtless
0: because so. i'm under a blanket and sweating
1: <laughs> yeah. uh no but whenever i think of that book that he wrote bad as i want to be i think of jake brown
0: <sighs> i mean I, I guess i'm honored in some ways he was a good player but a wild personality i'm kind of a wild personality so for you are
1: you are and it's it's shocking that 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 you, you you're single i can't believe that you don't you can't get a date it just
0: boggles my mind here he goes with the dates again here we go it's it's a pandemic cut me some slack before we get (laughs) before we get to some uh the second third and fourth round picks just a couple of notes serbia on the draft overall in the division let's start there in the nfc east i think we all agree the cowboys hit it out of the park while the eagles and redskins left a little bit to be desired
1: well yes but the redskins did get chase young and that's another reason that dave gettleman needed a left tackle to block chase young for the next decade the Cowboys, yeah, C.D. Lamb dropping to them. That was a no-brainer pick. And they got Trayvon Diggs in the second round. They needed a corner after Byron Jones left to go to the Dolphins. So, yeah, the Cowboys, I think, are universally uh, uh, applauded for their draft. And they got and one of the top th-
0: centers in the fifth round, Embiidaz out of Wisconsin. They got essentially the, maybe their starting center of the future in a late round. It's pretty good.
1: Well, maybe. Let's see. Well, let's see how it turns out. Rookies don't usually uh, make an impact at center. But, yeah, they That looks to be a good pick. You know, the Eagles, that was the surprise to me. The first round, they passed on some other receivers to get a a, a quick, speedy guy, Raygor. And uh, then in the second round, they took Jalen Hurts, which is a very controversial pick. I I mean, I like the kid as a player and as a person, but Carson Wentz could have used some more help. I think the Giants uh, gained ground on everyone except the Cowboys.
0: Yeah, I was, the Hurts pick is interesting because you could look at it from two angles. One, yes, too early, you sign Wentz to an extension you didn't need a quarterback there the other angle you look at it is another thing is Carson Wentz never stays healthy Hurts provides a very reputable backup and he's also a guy you can play in certain packages he could be like a guy who's a quarterback who could play receiver and could be there in certain packages that Carson Wentz might not be as good as whether whether it's a wildcat formation or a Philly special you can do with him there's a lot of things you can do with Jalen Hurts but I do agree they they did not need him in the second round they went out and got three Receivers, but as you said, they didn't get the one they should have, like a Justin Jefferson. So yeah, the Eagles left much to be desired. The Redskins overall wasn't great. Chase Young is obviously incredible, maybe a future Hall of Famer, as everyone's talking about. And the Cowboys really hit it out of the park.
1: And don't forget, the Redskins have traded Trent Williams to the 49ers, so they've got a hole at left tackle now. They drafted a kid in the fourth round, Sadiq Charles, but he's going to struggle early. They're diminished with uh, with no Trent Williams, even though they didn't have him last year. But still, uh, their defense defensive line will be tremendous. They've got questions at quarterback, Kyle Allen or Dwayne Haskins, and they've got a big question at left tackle.
0: Yeah. We'll see how that ends up playing out. Otherwise, you're right. The 49ers, Trent Williams replaces Staley. He retired, and that's just a tremendous way to fill a huge gap.
1: And you know, the the Cowboys did not draft a pass rusher, and they're depending on Randy Gregory and Alden Smith, who have had off-the-field issues for years, to be a bookend for Demarcus. Marcus Lawrence. So look it again, as good as the Cowboys draft was, every team did not fill every need. That's what people forget. Your B- minus is absurd for the Giants. You want to raise it now? I'll give you a chance to I'll, raise it I'll a little I'll give bit. it
0: a B. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to give it better than B because I didn't think uh, they addressed pass rusher, center, or wide receiver. While well, I understand they did a good job O-line, they got the guys they need. McKinney's an uh, incredible pick. I still think he went a little too heavy on linebacker. so I'm giving in a B.
1: Well, again, don't forget Joe Judge wants to build an elite special teams outfit and he comes from the Bill Belichick school of building a secondary, uh, an elite secondary, the, and with all the picks that Dave Gettleman made last year in the secondary, and signing James Bradbury to go with DeAndre Baker and Julian Love and Sam Beal, Corey Ballantyne, they have a lot of young talent in that secondary. As Dave Gettleman said on uh, on his Zoom conference call yesterday, no hitches, amazingly enough, if your secondary can make the quarterback hold the ball a split second longer, hey, maybe Leonard Williams can, can be the player that Dave Gettleman and only Dave Gettleman apparently thinks he can be
0: he better be they gave away a third round draft pick to get him uh we still got to hear from Paul Schwartz but coming up next we hear from the draft picks themselves Steve Serby we hear from the second third and fourth round picks for the Giants Xavier McKinney Matt Pear and Darnay Holmes when they spoke to the media after they were drafted with the audio courtesy of Giants.com All right, you heard Giants first-round pick Andrew Thomas out of Georgia on our post-first round of the draft podcast. Let's hear from the second-round pick Xavier McKinney, the safety out of Alabama, on his conversation with Joe Judge when he was drafted.
2: I've talked
1: to him. Um, I didn't really know him uh, prior to, uh, you know, when we talked um, over this whole process, um, I actually didn't know that he was, uh, you know, coaching at Bama at the time point. You know, I know he's a great coach. Um, you know, I know he's got, you know, a lot of things from, you know, the things that I did at Bama are kind of the same way that, you know, he he tries to do things. Um, so for me, I, I'll be adaptable. You know, just being there um, and. and being a part of the Giants nation so uh, I'm pretty excited for it and I'm ready for the opportunity
0: all right next up in the third round the Giants took another offensive tackle Matt Pert out of UConn here he talks about being a Giants fan growing up and his favorite player Mighty 10 Growing up in New York, I uh, kind of fell in love with the Knicks, um, and then also the Giants. Just watching them, or just watching them on the TV, just the culture and everything. The Giants stand for was just was something that was just appealing to me as a young kid, and especially growing up, and especially at that moment in high school when, uh, you know, they had that Super Bowl win my freshman year. That was a very, very, very fun time for me. <laughs> my favorite player, favorite Giant, always will be Eli Manning for sure. Man, is just tough, tough as nails. Like I, I respect his game and respect everything he did for the game let's hear from the Giants fourth round pick cornerback Darnay Holmes out of UCLA he talks here to the media about playing chess and how it helps him on the football field
2: yeah uh, so I saw several quarterbacks you know playing chess and I'm the type of player that wants to get insight on uh, everything that's going on so I I walked up to the chess master and I asked him you know do you mind helping me out and play chess and the reason I play chess you know is I don't have efficient thoughts you know I want to make sure that I'm making forceful moves I'm making sure everybody responds on things that I do you know everything I'm Doing, I'm not a piece. I'm a play. I'm gonna make sure that the team is working uh, accordingly. You know, we all on one accord. And chess is just a great thing for me to get my mind off football, but also get my mind in the state of being efficient with everything I do.
0: All right, joining us one final time. Here in season one, the season one finale. It feels like like Breaking Bad or something. Tune in to season two of Breaking Bad. It's Blue Rush, Jake Brown, Steve Serby, and our guest, as he always does, join us to break it all down as New York Post Giants beat writer Paul Schwartz. You can follow him on Twitter at NYPost underscore Schwartz. Read a lot of his great draft coverage on nypost.com and in the New York Post. Paul, we asked Serby this already, and you know he had some great coverage as well, including a story, and we'll get to in a second, on Columbo and being an offensive line coach and teaching these guys. But what's your overall thoughts on Dave Gettleman? I gave him a B. Steve Serby gave him an A minus. What's your overall thoughts? What grade would you give Dave Gettleman?
2: Well, I think it takes three years to grade a draft. So I'd like to grade the 2017 draft, if you don't mind. Evan Ingram, Dalvin Tomlinson. Oh, no, no. That was um, that was not even Dave Gettleman's draft. So I guess we have to grade the 2020 draft. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, we got to do it. Well, I am not. I don't know about a grade. I think um, they addressed a lot of needs. I was surprised they didn't take a center, but I understand why they didn't take a center. You know, they, they had a sweet spot there in the second round for a center, but they just were not going to trade down uh, with Xavier McKinney, the safety there. So, you know, know that kind of went by the boards there and I was a little surprised they didn't take a receiver so you know that may be I you know I'd give him a B plus I would say I mean look one of the main things he wanted to do he addressed defense in a lot of ways in free agency he said once and for all we have to fix this offensive line uh, getting Andrew Thomas was an easy pick a no-brainer and um, you know Shane Lemieux in the fifth round uh, if he becomes a good guard or even better if he becomes a good center then um, Dave Gettleman gets an A here.
1: Jake was moaning about all the linebackers they picked later in the draft, I kind of thought uh, Gettleman addressed the need for speed, and I think that have a, they have a good chance to be special teamers for Joe Judge. Your thoughts about after round five, the way the Giants approached it?
2: Well, yeah, I, I don't disagree with Jake in some ways here, shockingly. <laughs> I mean, when is the, when is the last time a team took four of the same position? Um, they're not the, all the same players in a row, and now, you know, they had four seventh-round picks, so you can really say, well, you can look at a couple of these guys as really, like, undrafted free agents, even though they're draft but yeah, I mean, it was a little surprising. Um, but you know that's the time often where you take linebackers cornerbacks. You take guys who can run. You know, this draft was incredibly deep for receivers, but I guess not that deep, you know, where you're going into the 150, 160 range of players and you can still get the receivers. Uh, The Giants are going to sign a couple of them in undrafted free agency that they'll take a look at. The guy that intrigues me the most there is Carter Coughlin. He's actually a guy that I had penciled in in the seventh round in one of my 72 mock drafts that I did for the Giants in the last month. So I guess you can give me a uh, direct hit with an asterisk there because Carter Coughlin at Minnesota at least showed some pass rush ability you know he had 20 and a half sacks in college so he's kind of an edge think of like the guy they got from the Packers Kyler Fackrell he's kind of that kind of mold so that's what I like Um, you know I'd be surprised if all four of these guys they took in the seventh round are on the roster I'll tell you that much
0: yeah I I agree with you I just think four out of five at the same exact position when this team has an abundance of holes was a little wild to to me. But we'll see. I mean, it's way too early to judge it. You mentioned the undrafted receivers. What do you know about them? Benjamin Victor at Ohio State, Austin Mack out of Ohio State, and Derek Dillon out of LSU. Can you tell us a little bit about what they're getting, and can those guys be you know, week one impact players at all?
2: Well, they have to make the team, Jake. I mean, let, let's go easy with week one. I mean, they're undrafted free agents, and as much as we would love to think that they're all going to be Victor Cruz's, the odds are they're not. Uh, you know what it tells me? It tells me that Ohio State and LSU are darn good, because they've got guys coming out of the I mean LSU had 14 guys drafted you know that they have these guys that are kind of not even getting drafted and just played a little bit and they're still getting a look in the NFL Uh, I think they're worth looking at you know Victor is a bigger guy the guy from LSU is a faster guy and they'll take a look and see what they have you know the odds of these guys coming in and making a team are remote Um, maybe they make the practice squad but I'll tell you this there's not exactly a bunch of uh, you know uh, all pros there after Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton And Golden Tate, you know, so there are spots that can be claimed here, you know, if these guys show something.
1: Hey, look, it, it's it, it's a dog-eat-dog league, which brings me to my question, Paul. Where was Abby Judge?
2: Yeah, dog-eat-dog, and uh, it's amazing, isn't it? I mean, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. We can talk about this. I kind of liked, look, I don't like being quarantined in my house, but I liked seeing these GMs. You know, weren't we all brought up and we went through all these drafts that they're in the war room and it's a, a house of solitude and they're all going through the draft and and you can't disturb them, right? This is, this is meticulous, serious war. And what happened this year, the draft went out, went by without a hitch. And all you saw were coaches and GMs with dogs and with their wives and with their kids and jumping around. And, you know, I mean, they got it all done and and they showed that they're humans, too. So I like that as far as Joe Judge's six-year-old golden retriever, Abby. Joe Judge originally was going to do this draft from his home in Attleboro, Massachusetts. Kind of at the last minute, I caught wind that he was kind of wondering about his setup there and making sure he's online. And I think as much as he set, told us uh, last week, you know, I'll have my sons help me with the board and with post-it notes. I think Judge wanted to be, uh, Joe Judge wanted to be in a place where he was alone and quiet. So he went to his apartment in New Jersey uh, near the um, uh, Meadowlands complex. And he was told by his family. You cannot take Abby with you, so Joe Judge was alone with no dog, hence no Joe Judge pictures with his kids and his dog uh, running around his apartment.
0: I loved Bill Belichick alone with, or Bill Belichick's dog alone with no Bill Belichick, that picture of his dog uh, sitting by the computer. I actually would love if they kept this consistent every year with the GM's home, and once the quarantine's over and everything, in the future years, have, you know, the whole gang there have a home-cooked meal. will be like a Thanksgiving dinner coming from home, so I actually like that aspect as well. And he saw Joe Douglas and his family was cute. You had the Mike Rabel, you know, the what we thought was his son on a toilet, but it was just a stool and Mr. Freeze behind him, his son. So uh, I enjoyed that as well. When you look at Xavier McKinney, can you tell us what they're getting? Because in what everyone says is that this guy's immediately going to be the starter uh, next to Jabril Peppers, and he's going to be a damn good one.
2: Well, if he's not the starter, we have to have an investigation. He is a, um, you know, look, he's not Isaiah Simmons, right? Isaiah Simmons is bigger and stronger. He's a different position, but he's like an Isaiah Simmons esque type guy as far as he can play free safety. He can play slot corner. He can play a little box safety, even though he's not real big. He did not run well at the combine. And that I think kind of knocked his stock down a little bit, but he ran much better uh, after that. He's not a 4-4 guy, but he's fast enough. Uh, he did everything at Alabama. So he will he will give kind of that uh, Swiss army knife guy in the back end. Look, the Giants were all set at 36 to trade down. Dave Gediman said he had to trade down to get an additional pick. He was ready to do it, and they came to the conclusion if Xavier McKinney is on the board we can't trade down he was on the board I talked to someone last week with the Giants and I floated the idea of Xavier McKinney to them at 36 and he said he's not going to be there you know it's a great thought but he's not going to be there so they didn't think he was going to be there either he was there top safety in the draft so you know you know he is a he is a day one impact guy in theory which Landon Collins really was too five years ago in the second round they took a safety from Alabama Landon Collins was a terrific player McKinney is a very different player, but they hope he can be equally terrific.
1: Hey, Paul, you uh you wrote about him today in uh, Sunday's tremendous New York post the fourth rounder uh, the kid Holmes where do they see him and why do you like that pick if you like it
2: um, yeah I have no problem with it you know look cornerbacks you need cornerbacks and and guys when you look at the Giants now and everyone says where's the pass rush where's the big pass rusher well Chase Young went at number two right there weren't a lot of great pass rushers in this draft but look what they're doing they are fortifying the back end tremendously sort of like what the Patriots do right you know the Patriots don't have monsters up front they scheme their sacks they get a guy here they get caught Al Van Noy. They get different guy here, a different guy there. And, you know, and they kind of make it work. And then after a few years, they change it up. But they historically have great safeties, really good cornerbacks, and they make it work that way. And that's what the Giants, I think, are hoping to do. Darnay Holmes is a chess player. Uh, it's very interesting. He's a very bright guy. He graduated in less than three years from college at UCLA. I And Jake, you got what? How many credits did you get in three years in college? Uh,
0: not I was behind early. I did the 12 credits the first four semesters. So I was doing summer school, winter school and
2: everything. Yeah. You were a red shirt. Um, you were a, what a six year program guy, right?
0: Van, Van Wilder
1: over here.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You, 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 uh, you, uh, st- went to college and stayed there. I know Serby got out in two and a half years as well from, uh, Ohio university. I, I know, yeah, but I was, right?
1: for, but I was forced out.
2: You, yeah. <laughs> you were like, um, you were like uh, Felix Unger, right? They asked you to leave, right? Or Oscar Madison, ask him to leave. <laughs> Uh, but, 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 you know, Holmes is a guy, uh, he plays chess, uh, and, and he graduated early. He seemed like we got him on a zoom call, which is the first time I ever said that covering a draft and he can do a lot of things. You know, he's, he's a good player. Uh, I can play some safety. I think he's a guy who, who's a fast guy and you know, he'll be thrown into the mix with, um, Deandre Baker and Corey Ballantyne, Sam Beal. Uh, he didn't play a lot in the slot. He said the only time he played in the slot was at the senior bowl, but he said he liked it. He's only five ten. So I think, well, um, 5'11", he's not a big guy, so I think they're going to look at him in the slot. You know, he's a guy, if he earns playing time, he'll play right away.
0: And what do you think of Matt Pair? I, you know, we played audio before from Holmes, actually, of, of his chess playing and how it helps him on the football field. We also played audio of Pair and how he talked about growing up a Giants fan. His favorite player was Eli Manning. So I think this guy could already be a fan favorite, you know, from the Bronx, went to UConn. So he's got all the local connections and local ties. Is this the guy that potentially could replace Nate Solder in a year when and he's potentially, you know, a cap casualty or whenever his time is up.
2: Well, that's the plan. Now, now, you know, he's not a guy who's going to play this year unless something happens. He's not ready. Um, he, he came to football late, actually was born in Jamaica, uh, Kingston, Jamaica, moved to the Bronx. Now he lives in Fishkill, New York. Very good student. Got a scholarship basically to a prep school in Massachusetts where he learned football. Very big guy. He has the longest arms of any tackle in the draft. Now we made a big deal of um, the Jets guy, right? Uh, Beck. In having long arms, and uh, Andrew Thomas has really long arms. This guy is 6'7, 318, has the longest arms of anybody in the draft, and at 318 pounds, both Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge says he looks skinny. So this guy's going to have to bulk up, have to pick up his technique. Look, he played four years at UConn, which is fine, but it's not the SEC. So he's not ready. So that's an interesting pick. And you can have a quibble with this. Well, why at, at number 99 in the third round do we take a guy we need to develop? Well, because Dave Gettleman said we need need to develop and we need to fix this offensive line once and for all so that's an interesting pick for guys who said Gettleman's going to pick guys who can help now because his job is on the line this is not a guy who's going to help in 2020 but as you said Jake in 2021 if it's Andrew Thomas and Matt Pert playing left and right tackle that's pretty good would you
0: say he's a hog molly
2: well yeah he is but I, I like I think the big slugs in the middle are more hog mollies you know I think that Shane Lemieux is a hog molly you know he. He's a he's a kind of a sloppy hot hog molly, long hair, you know, a little bit of a gut on him. Those are the those are the Gettleman hog mollies. You know, I think I think Pert is more of a you know he's more of a statuesque athlete who now they need to refine into an offensive tackle in the NFL. Yeah, he's he's probably more of a giraffe a giraffe molly,
1: <laughs> but. Uh... Uh, Paul, I wanted to ask you a two part question. A, how did you uh, evaluate or how do you the the relationship between Judge and Gettleman? And what did you think of Judge, his approach to what he expects from his rookie class?
2: Well, I think uh, the relationship with Gettleman and Judge is kind of like my relationship with Jake. Very strained, a lot of tension, not a lot of mutual respect. Oh no, 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 no! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It, 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 it's no, I'm kidding. It, it's it's um. Well, I, I look, it's a budding relationship. You know, it just started, and and you know, Joe Judge is is kind of a no nonsense guy, and um, you know, I, I'm sure Joe Judge flexed his muscles during this draft process remotely, right? Because they had to do it all remotely. But I, you know, Judge seems to be a guy who I don't know if he pounds his fist, but he wants his way, and he wants his players, and you know, Dave. Gettleman says that he's a big consensus taker, you know, and, and, you know, I don't, I can't tell you which of these 10 picks were more Gettleman guys, more Judge guys. You know, I think they're Giants guys. And, you know, so I think it's a growing relationship and they both said it worked well, but you got the sense that Judge has strong opinions and voiced them as far as what he thinks of these rookies. You know, Steve, in a lot of ways, there's a lot of rookies on this team for Joe Judge, right? You know, there's a reason why he didn't say a lot of names of these players. None of these guys has played for Joe Judge. So look, Saquon Barkley, Daniel Jones you know we know Sterling Shepard you know these guys are going to be starters Uh, we know you know we can name a lot of starters on this team but they all have to prove it to Joe Judge so I think the the book is open for these guys I would think Thomas will start I would think McKinney will start Uh, I think Lemieux if he can gravitate and acclimate to center he might have a chance to start I mean he's got to beat out Spencer Pulley and John Halapio if he comes back you know from a torn Achilles we'll see about that the book is open I mean I I think it's it's uh, these guys have not uh, this is not a returning coach who uh with players who won a lot of games for him. This is a returning coach, none of them have played for him and none of them won a lot of games the last few years.
0: Paul, last one for you before we put the icing on the cake for season 1 of Blue Rush here. Two part question. First off, what's the timeline moving forward? I know everything's uncertain uh with coronavirus and everything, but is there a virtual virtual off-season program? How are the Giants doing it? And where do they stand financially? Is this it? Is after these draft picks are signed, are they getting anyone else or is the money the money's done They spent it all And this is the roster Pretty much that they'll have Going into training camp
2: Well uh, uh, the second one first The money is tight uh, They do have to sign these guys But they know They knew beforehand Exactly where they were picking uh, cause They didn't make any trades And exactly what it was Going to cost them So that's all been t- Built into the budget Would I be surprised If they have a signing or two When, when the um, dust settles here No Now they see what they got In the draft They can drop a few guys And sign some guys But I don't expect any um, You know any big ticket guys So no As far as uh, virtual learning now. Yeah. I mean, uh, Joe judge said he's having a virtual rookie mini camp next week. Uh, So he's going to get all these guys, you know, the veterans have been doing all this virtual stuff. They have their playbooks. They have stuff on their iPads. They're meeting in groups with the, uh, you know, the cornerback uh, coach and the defensive back coach and the linebacker coach and the running backs coach. You know, they're all meeting in those small groups and they're meeting with offense and defensive with their coordinators. And Joe judge is in on most of these things. And uh, now they'll have a rookie, you know, zoom chats and position groups and, 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 and kind of an acclimation into the Giants as rookies. And boy, that's going to be tough, isn't it? You know, these rookies and, and the undrafted guys, now they're going to have to learn. They're going to get their iPads and learn these guys and not have any face-to-face contact and can't put... You know, if you're a, you're a rookie, let's say, and you say, man, I'm in great shape. I want to show what I can do. I'm like a, a young cult here. I want to get out there and show them. Now you got to sit at your laptop and, you know, have Zoom meetings and try to impress them that way. It's tough. That's what they have to do. And, uh, you know, when things open up, they'll uh, open up their facilities at some point they'll get on the field but you know like a guy like Darnay Holmes who we talked about the really smart chess player you know he said he's done a lot of virtual classes a lot of online stuff so guys like that who who are serious students and who can get it they're going to have an advantage with uh, this really unique situation we're going through
0: Paul Schwartz you can follow him on Twitter at NY underscore Schwartz you can read his stories in the post and at nypost.com Paul it's been a fun season uh, you know with Jimmy and me and Steve and all our guests and uh, we appreciate Appreciate your insight and uh,
2: hopefully we'll talk to you down the road for season two. And yeah, look, let let's, let's leave the door open to have a little, uh, as you said, Jake, emergency podcast, right? Yes. Let's, yes. We, your favorite that's, word. <laughs> that's the lingo, right? Emergency. We can call an emergency in a month or so and, you know, get the band back together. I'm hey Jake, to yeah, can you
1: hear me? Yeah. What's up? You still there? Are we still, are we still on this podcast? We're still on. <laughs> it's been going on forever. <laughs> No, oh. I'm just kid. I just wanted to ask Paul one thing. How do you, Paul, how do you think Joe Judge will react if one of his rookies says, I'm ready to take over the world?
2: Uh, we're going to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, jo- <laughs> Joe Judge, uh, you know, it's interesting. He told He told these guys, when, when after they drafted him, uh, look, I don't want to hear you talk about, you're coming in, you're going to take over, I'm going to play right away, I'm going to burn it up, I'm going to show anybody. You know, this Joe Judge is no nonsense. And uh, yeah, a few of these players, you could tell when we asked them questions, on uh, you know conference calls and Zoom calls, they were very much well. I, I you know w- w- when we asked any of these guys what role do you foresee yourself, they said I don't know, I don't know. That's up to the coach. I don't know. No matter what the role was, they didn't want to talk about it. So yeah, Joe, you know we can tell what kind of players Joe Judge wants, and um, he came from Bill Belichick and the Patriots, so it's not too hard to connect the dots.
0: Paul, be safe. Steve, be safe. Uh, until next time, we reconvene. We'll uh, we'll talk to you then. Okay, All right, guys. Great thanks. job, guys. That's a wrap, not just for this episode, but it's also a wrap for season one of Blue Rush, our New York Giants podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Steve Serby, Paul Schwartz, and all of our terrific Giants guests for joining us all year long. Go back and listen to all episodes of Blue Rush by subscribing on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Jake Brown. We will talk to you all again later in the summer when training camp is, hopefully, fingers crossed, underway. Stay safe, folks. We'll see you next time.